Hey there, Crimeholics. It is your host, Kenzie. I'm back this week with a brand new episode of Missing Mondays. But before I go any further about this new missing persons case, I want to give an update on an episode that Holly did on December 20th. Unfortunately, Brandon Santo, who went missing on October 29th of last year from MSU campus, has been located. Brandon's body was found on January 21st, nearly three months after he went missing. His body was recovered in the Red Cedar River just downstream in Lansing, Michigan. We are asking that you please keep his family and his friends in your thoughts and prayers and that everyone respect their privacy as they navigate this difficult time. It is our goal here at Crimeholics to keep missing persons' name and information in the media to aid in their return home as best that we can. Because at any given time, 90,000 people are missing in the U.S. While some are found alive or deceased, the majority are still missing today. On this episode of Missing Mondays, I will be covering the disappearance of Michael Bryson, a 27-year-old man who went missing from Hobo Campground in Dorena, Oregon. Michael went out to the Umpqua National Forest for a week-long camping trip to celebrate the birthday of one of his friends. The exact events that took place out there at Hobo Camp prior to his disappearance are unknown. People are staying tight-lipped, stories are inconsistent, and we are now at 17 months since he has disappeared and his family is no closer to finding their son or getting any of the answers that they need. He did not know a stranger. That is his dad's favorite way of describing who Michael Bryson is. Parrish Bryson has said in every single news article I have read, every documentary that I have watched, and every podcast about Michael, he says, my son did not know a stranger. He says his son is friendly, he's outgoing, he always has a smile on his face, and he was always the first one to step up and help everybody. Although Michael was a happy guy who had a lot of friends, Michael also struggled with some demons. His parents, Tina and Parrish, have been very open about Michael's struggle with substance abuse. But as we know here at Crimeholics, even if you struggle with substance abuse, it does not make you matter any less than someone who doesn't. His parents explained to the Nowhere to be Found podcast that their son struggled with a methamphetamine addiction prior to his disappearance. They said that it got to the point where they had to make a tough love decision and change all the locks on their home and tell him that he was not allowed to come around until he got some help. It got to the point where Michael was really struggling and realized he did indeed need major help. After Michael got the help he needed, he told his parents that he was ready to change his life around and had even considered working as an electrician. And this was all just prior to when COVID-19 hit in early of 2020. On August 3rd, 2020, Michael had went to the home of his parents in Harrisburg, Oregon to let them know that later that evening, he would be heading out to Hobo Campground for a week-long camping trip to celebrate the birthday of one of his friends. He lets them know on this day, which was a Monday, that later in the week by Thursday, he would be back home because he had another DJ gig at another party that Friday. So to expect him no later than Thursday. 
While his parents have said that Michael seemed excited and looking forward to this camping trip, it has been found out later on that Michael had actually texted his ex-girlfriend Natalie about this camping trip and tells her that yes, he's looking forward to going, but he is getting a bad vibe about it. He feels that he's worried he's going to run into people that he's not clicking with or people that he's not vibing with, so he's a little nervous for the camping trip. Michael's original plan was to leave earlier on Monday with friends of his who are a set of twins that own a big bus that they were going to use out there at Hobo Campground. But Michael ends up having to decline the offer from them given that he has a doctor's appointment late that Monday evening around 6.30 p.m. for a shoulder injury. So because Michael did not end up riding out there to Hobo Campground with the twins, he ends up riding with a friend, Ben. It was said that once Michael and Ben arrive at the campground, Michael did not set up his tent and all of his camping gear right away. He held off for the time being and ends up sleeping on one of the buses that were there at Hobo Campground for the night. It is said by a camper named Sean that the next day on August 5th, he had seen Michael sitting near a photo booth that they had set up and he was lounging on a beanbag most of the day. This camping trip was not like just any other camping trip. This camping trip and birthday party was turned into a huge rave, according to his parents. I personally have never attended a rave or any type of party like this, but I have had a lot of friends who have attended events like this, and according to what they have said and what I have gathered, these events typically pertain to a lot of heavy drinking and typically there's a lot of different drugs involved. Whether Michael was drinking or whether he was participating in drug use at this point is unknown, but his parents have been very honest and said it is likely that their son may have been using different types of drugs. And this is where it gets tricky because not a lot of people have stepped up to give information about what took place on Tuesday, August 4th, leading up to his disappearance on August 5th at 4.30 in the morning. According to this camper named Sean, he says that he went to bed around 11.30, 12 that evening on August 4th. He says that Michael's friend Ben also did the same thing, but Michael was not ready for bed yet, so he decides to go into one of the buses that was there at the campground to hang out with people in the bus. Again, what took place inside that bus, nobody knows, and people are not stepping forward to say what happened. The last thing that has been said about Michael and that bus in the night of August 4th was that at some point around 4.30 in the morning on August 5th, Michael got upset about some type of situation and took off into the woods. As any good parent would, Michael's mother Tina sends him a text early in the day on Wednesday checking in on him to see how things are going. When she doesn't get a reply from Michael later in the day on Wednesday, she sends another text message asking if he is alive and to just reply and check in. When he does not respond, Tina starts to get very concerned. And by 6 p.m. on Wednesday, August 5th, her worst nightmare would come true. Michael's ex-girlfriend, Natalie, had called Tina to ask her if she has seen or heard from Michael because he has not been seen or heard from at the campground all day. Tina says that she has not heard from Michael and that her and her husband Parrish would head out to the campsite as quick as they could. 
On the drive from Harrisburg to Dorena to Hobo Campground, Tina files a missing persons report for Michael, but obviously she was not out there at the campground at the time of her disappearance, so she does not have access to a lot of information that is needed in order to file the police report. So they tell her, when you get out to the campground, give us a call back so that way we can go ahead and get this filed. They continue the drive out there to Hobo Campground, and what they did not know was that Michael's friend Ben had actually already called the search and rescue team to help look for Michael. So when Tina and Parrish arrive at Hobo Campground, the search and rescue team is already there trying to gather as much information as they can. His father says that the search and rescue team was inside the campground with a circle of people standing around them and they are asking any questions that they can. Parrish says that when he got out of the car and stepped foot onto that campground, he knew in his gut something bad happened to his son, Michael. Parrish walks up to the search and rescue leader and says, you know, Michael is my son. I'm here to help. What can we do to find Michael? But the first thing that Parrish does It starts asking people to be real and to give real answers because he knows what takes place at these kind of events. And so he starts asking, what drugs was Michael using? Was he using Molly? Was he using acid? Was he using ecstasy? We have to know these things in order to be able to locate Michael. But of course, not one person steps up to provide any type of information to his dad. However, that did not stop search and rescue his parents or some of his friends from heading out to search for him in the woods. As the search for Michael started, people started to be questioned and a lot of stories were inconsistent. Some people just said they had no information to give and some people even started leaving the camping site early, which made his father feel in his gut that something really did happen to his son Michael and that there was people at this campground who knew exactly what had happened. With the help of search and rescue teams, the Lane County Sheriff's Office, his parents, friends and family, and people from the community, 15 separate searches have been conducted over two counties. Paid and volunteer searchers have logged over 700 hours for Michael in this last 17 months, but unfortunately, nothing has turned up. In December of 2020, someone did call in and said that while they were hiking in the woods, not far from the hobo campground, they had found items belonging to Michael, and these items turned out to be the very last clothing items that he was ever seen in alive. The Lane County Sheriff's Office believes that these clothes were planted there by somebody and not left there by Michael, which is why they are not ruling out foul play just yet. Michael's father, Parrish, has followed up on so many different rumors, tips, and leads that he has heard. He has said that there has been many times where he goes out to Hobo Campground about three to four days a week following up on these tips or leads. He says that sometimes somebody will report that they have found bones out in the woods and Parrish will go out there to check on these bones to see if maybe there's a possibility that they belong to his son. His parents, again, do believe that somebody has done something horrible to their son and all they are asking for is somebody to step forward and give a little bit of information from what happened that night. There was about 100 people there that night at Hobo Campground and somebody had seen something and somebody knows something. All it takes, as we know, is one person to step up to give that key piece of evidence to help bring Michael home. Michael Bryson went missing on August 5th around 4:30 a.m. from Hobo Campground in Dorena, Oregon. Michael is a Caucasian male who stands at 6 feet and weighs approximately 180 pounds. He has brown hair with hazel blue eyes. 
Again, he was last seen at Hobo Campground in Dorena, Oregon. He was wearing black shorts with rainbow crocs. He has a nose ring, facial hair, and geometric tattoos. He has heart with hand tattoos on his ribcage, a geometric bear on the back of his arm, a geometric lion on his shin, a geometric elephant on his left shin. If you have any information about the disappearance of Michael Bryson, you are highly encouraged to call either of the following numbers. 541-515-1619 or 360-975-2423. If you haven't already, I highly encourage you to join a Crimeholics podcast discussion group on Facebook or follow us on Instagram where I will have pictures of Michael posted. Crimeholics, as always, be aware and take care. 